for real stories on how global business gets done. This is Supply Chain Unfiltered, presented by the Institute for Supply Management. There is so much crazy going on in business. Um, have you noticed? And the information, okay, the misinformation. It just makes decision-making so much more difficult than it has to be. Just just makes my head spin. And uh, we have a remedy for that. <laughs> Today's Supply Chain Unfiltered, we're going to kind of drill all that down. I'm Melanie Stern for the Institute for Supply Management, putting some focus on the digitization of manufacturing and business intelligence myths. And to help us out, Flexware Innovations Solution Architect, Sasha Reisner, she's here with us. Hi, how you doing? Hi, I'm great. How are you doing, Melanie? Well, I, I feel as though with your presence, you're going to make everything a whole lot better. In the next 30 <laughs> minutes, things so. are going to look a whole lot better. Um, so let's let's do something, uh, start off with a foundation, if, if, if we could here. Can you explain exactly what the term business intelligence is? Because sometimes the way things go on, I feel like that's a term that's got an oxymoron, you know, and business and intelligence should go together, right? <laughs> Absolutely, they should. Um, yeah, so there is a lot of uh, unknowns about business intelligence. Um, mostly, it, it's data. Like when people ask me what I do, I say I work with data. And that uh, comes off as very vague, but when I start <laughs> explaining it, <laughs> then it almost confuses people more right. um, because, you know, what I do, I, I work really in the weeds of raw data. And when you look at that raw data, it's not um, cleaned, you know, it's not very informative. So what we do in business intelligence is turn that data into information, which can then be uh, used as knowledge and preferably wisdom um, to know <laughs> the difference and to know better next time. And then, so but, there but are then, a lot of people doing BI, okay. but not, not a whole lot of people know BI. And so hopefully we can sift through that a bit today. And is it more about uh, knowing like, knowing how to disseminate through the data and then knowing what to do with it. Is that, is that what you're getting at? It is. Yeah. Okay. Um, how to work with it. Uh, Cause you know, you may have companies may have many different systems and data's here and there, and they may have a lot of Excel spreadsheets everywhere. Um, and we help to bring that all together into one area, one sort of source of truth, ideally, um, and allow that to be reportable and preferably um, consistent throughout the organization from the top floor to the shop floor. Okay, so, so if someone wants to achieve a realm of business intelligence, if you will, and put it into practice without constantly, I mean, do they have to constantly reassess and update uh, their Internet of Things or, or you know, even currently now an inter integration of AI. Does that mess things up? It, it, and is there, are, do companies look for a shortcut to get it done or um, is it just kind of a one a one-time solution? Does that exist or is that, you know, like danger, danger zone? 
<laughs> yeah, companies try to cut corners and um, usually that kind of gives them a bad taste in their mouth around business intelligence and enterprise data warehousing. Um, so sometimes they start over um, and that's fine. You know, you can start over and do better. Uh, these systems that are constantly coming online and technology that's constantly changing, we have to adapt. And in business intelligence, that means we are evolving as well as with those systems. So you add new devices, uh, new ways of capturing some of these sensor data, then uh, we adjust in the business intelligence space as well to keep up with that. So it's not a one and done. It is a constant evolution. And, and you mentioned, you know, just a couple seconds ago about companies that do this one and done attempt and they, they get a bad taste in their mouth. Is it because, because something goes terribly wrong or, or they, they aren't happy with the results or what does that look like? Yeah, they're not feeding it. And just like anything that you don't oh. feed it eventually kind of. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it gets a little empty. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Um, and I, I know in my travels through work, um, I, I, I keep running into the phrase, you know, digital transformation. And I know it's something that's top of mind for many C-suite executives. So, and, and you mentioned, you know, a, a minute ago, you know, supply chains, right? We know everything about it is constantly evolving. So with that, do you think it's really possible to really get to a level of, status quo, whatever that happens to mean right now across the profession. I mean, we've got all these adversities, unpredictable consumer demand, geopolitical stressors, and now switching it up uh, more towards nearshoring, reshoring, and just seems like so much more. Everything's always changing. So is it is it maybe beneficial to look at business intelligence more like a destination point? Um, it could, it could be. That's kind of my answer to a lot of things. Is is somewhat depends. I find that that term digital transformation some somewhat of a misnomer because we've been transforming to the digital space for you know decades now. Yeah, um, data is digital, so you know we we work in the da- data space and we work in the digital space one hundred percent. So. I know that more is being transformed into that digital space, but um, it it seems, you know, a bit of a, uh, what do you want to call it? Um, Kind of a bit of a a buzzword, you know? Right. (laughs) So to kind of break it down is um, from the business intelligence world, we've got a maturity ladder. And I think most, um, kind of systems out there do at this point have some kind of maturity ladder of gauging Mm -hmm. where you are on that maturity ladder and um, where it usually starts. And this is according to the Gardner model um, is that it starts with descriptive analytics and that means what happened. So that's like looking at the past and saying, all right, what already happened and um, kind of drilling into a bit of that. And then we can move on into diagnostic, which is why did it happen? And that Mm -hmm. supplies a little bit more information than not just, hey, it broke. Maybe (laughs) there's some reasons why it broke. And you can kind of discern that. And then there's also predictive. 
And that's kind of the space that, you know, some people have been in more getting into, and that's predicting what will happen. So a lot of counting is using that for forecasting budgets and such. Um, but also supply chain world is starting to use it to predict maybe inventory letter levels or capacity um, within their warehouse. So that's a little bit more of an advanced step. And then this last one that it's kind of the pipe dream that not many people are doing, but a lot want to do is prescriptive. And that's where you're actually letting the system help you make decisions of what you should do. So you are not just looking at what happened in the past or why it happened, but you're saying it's, it's actually telling you, Hey, you should go change this light bulb or something because it's going to, you know, go out. <laughs> so, so it's basically going from trusting, um, let's say, uh, a strategic partner in your business or an employee that you rely on to give you those recommendations going from a human trust level to a system. Yeah. Oh, exactly. that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's scary. It could be, it could be, but I mean, if you start thinking about, well, there's a lot of robots, you know, in these warehouses exactly. uh, at this point, <laughs> you know, and they're, they're moving things from one point to the other and they are making decisions, right? right. They have to know That's they have true. to turn left and right and go forward and up and down and do different things. So it is kind of a decision support system there. Wow. I wonder if I would need counseling to make that <laughs> transition. <laughs> I, I, I hope I'm not the only one. Um, okay, so I want to I wanna pivot to a moment um, regarding the aspect of spend because if a company's interested in moving forward and garnering business intelligence within their corporation, there's the aspect of the money it's going to cost to get them there. So being that uh, I would say most businesses refrain from spending money before they really absolutely have to, um, but if they want to realize greater business intelligence, how, and, but with that reluctance going on, how would you recommend a company best determine their spend and what are the first three steps to help get them there? That is such a great question because um, that is the situation that a lot of our customers are in right now yeah. is they are trying to balance um, the costs and the benefits. So what we can help them guide them to do is business value mapping. And that means um, kind of breaking down each one of those business goals and assigning a value to it. Um, you know, how much do you think it's worth to you to decrease uh, cost in product materials or something to that effect? Um, that can be, you know, a business goal. And then you can assign that value to it. Say, all right, we think we can we can save two million dollars. Um, the other the other part of that is um, assigning effort to those goals. So maybe that's a great goal, but it's going to take you two years to figure that one out. Um, that's not very attainable. Um, so you really have to kind of take a step back maybe, okay. and maybe that would be a lower priority. So that's the third step there is to prioritize those goals. So once you have your list going and you, you've assigned your value to it, then you can, um, figure out a bit of how long it's going to take and prioritize those. And, um, at that point, you know, you start with your easiest and most value. Okay. <laughs> 
And then, okay. It, so it sounds easy, but it's actually like a hard process to, get, <laughs> to think about and get right, through. Right. It's almost like a business, you know, you're talking to them about, here's what you need to do to get where you want to go. Um, can you just open your wallet and hand it over? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, so getting to this business mapping, and you're you're coming up with, or your clients, or you work together to come up with, you know, the desired goals. How, like, in that process, when you're weighing, um, you know, the spend versus the value and the benefits. In that process, do you throw in some potential disruptions that would then uh, delay? some of the benefits um, kind of um, upset the apple cart in the um, the value that was set up in the first place? Do you throw in things that may, in fact, adjust the business mapping, maybe delay the realization of the results um, wanted? Or is it just, am I just making it way more complex than it is? Oh, no, it's it's complicated. And you're exactly right. I mean, part of it's effort, right? But then yeah. a part of it is, is this attainable, like, um, maybe some data is not captured at all. And there's no intention of ever capturing that data. So that would be a reason why you couldn't do something. Um, maybe it's cost too much to add that, mm-hmm. to co- you know, this new sensor to collect that data, maybe uh, the technology is not available yet, which, you know, I kind of had to believe at this point, but it could be. <laughs> and, and what's the typical, um, I'll give, I'll use the term life cycle of um, working with a, with a client um, from the starting point of coming up with, you know, what they, what they believe they want to achieve, your recommendations on the system to help them get there. Um, and then, you know, what's that, what's that look like on a timeline? You know, obviously I know it's going to vary from company to company, but is there any, like a range of, of, um, average typical? Uh, not necessarily because everybody wants different things. Some, um, you know, want to start building now. That's, that's the way most of our customers are, is Mm. that they're already behind and they really need to catch up fast. Uh, okay. So we have to kind of um, scale them down a bit and to try to find these high value projects that we can turn around somewhat quickly mm-hmm. and build a POC for them just to kind of deliver that. That's a proof of concept to so that they can prove to the business that there is value in, con- in continuing to do this project. Mm-hmm. Um, because we start you think of an enterprise data warehouse and it's not a big bang approach. We we approach it methodol I never say this word (laughs) (laughs) methodical right so we go through each step one at a time we uh work through discussions discovery work there's a lot of pre-planning um and then we kind of nail down all right this is where we're going to start and we start uh meeting with subject matter experts and interviewing them and talking to them about what's important to them and how they're calculating things and where they're getting data from. Um, We have a lot of conversations and we also start build work usually pretty quickly after this starts um, Mm. because as we're starting to do this discovery in the data and talking to people, we, you have to marry the two. 
Mm. Uh, I'm not a very theoretical person. So when somebody starts talking about, you know, a sale order or something, it's like, let me see it. I need to see what this looks like. So we'll go into data and start doing that exploration and start to kind of model that out. So it, it really is an agile methodology. If you've heard that, um, it's a, we adopt a bit of the software development life cycle with that so that, you know, there is requirements and development analysis, testing, uh, you know, rollout. I think I'm missing a, a few in that, <laughs> in that <laughs> process, but uh, we do go through all of those steps and not necessarily one by one because uh, we we try to, uh, I mean, not one by one, but we don't necessarily have to complete everything in design before we start building. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, we like to remain agile in that approach of like, all right, we will start with this one piece and then we'll start building that out and see um, and start to build that out, test it, make sure that that's working, um, as well as building out a framework for loading that data um, and a system that can capture it. So there's a lot of infrastructure in what we do as well. Mm -hmm. um, so right now there's a lot of companies that are moving to the cloud. Um, we've been doing tons of Azure work uh, and that's Microsoft Azure. So we're building out like Synapse and, um, the SQL databases and using Azure Data Factory, and we've done Databricks, and um, there's just a lot of technologies out there now, and uh, we're trying to uh, you know, remain uh, somewhat agnostic, um, technology agnostic, and, and meeting the needs of our customers, but they are all different, but the mm -hmm. process is very much the same. <clears throat> and, and because um, each client um, is different for for many reasons um, in in this I'll say the scope of the project um, what they're looking to achieve what their budget is all, runs the gamut uh, I would imagine that as they're entering into this new relationship for their business um, through BI have you found that there's um, that you've run into common unrealistic expectations about its implementation or are there myths about what it can do? Yeah. Um, I, and it's so funny because it goes from one extreme to the next, like the myths that are out there is, you know, Oh, BI is bleeding edge or BI is old. And like, nobody's doing that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, hello, is it, is it one or the other? And then sometimes people think BI is Excel or BI is just building reports. Um, sometimes we get BI is operational intelligence, which mm -hmm. it can be. Um, and that's meaning like, uh, uh, reporting off your your operational systems, like your ERP systems, or mm -hmm. maybe your MES or something, or, or TMS, um, or or WMS in the in the space of supply chain. So, um, there is that, and then there's there's you know, there's data marts. Then you get to a little more technical level, and people think data marts and data warehouses are the same thing, and they're not necessarily. Um, and some people, you know, some think that. BI doesn't work across the enterprise. Mm -hmm. um, and it can, it can, you can do it right. Uh, in my viewpoint, I think BI is like this umbrella term for a lot of different things. It is um, not just 
one report or anything to that effect. It is a, uh, a methodology and a, an entire pro it's a process and methodology and also like systems mm -hmm. <laughs> all in one. Cause you can, you can build out an enterprise data warehouse and report off of it. And I think all of that is BI okay. um, as well as the, the data engineering that it takes in order to move that data from system to system and transform it. So for manufacturers, right. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they, I'm assuming that, you know, most already know the benefits um, of ensuring transparency and agility and security uh, across, across uh, manufacturing and then throughout the, uh, the tiers. Um, would the addition of more business intelligence in, you know, through, I'll say, um, an upgraded system or an additional system or new system, would that, um, would that provide benefit? Like, is it always good to just kind of continue to look for um, newer, faster, better ways? Uh, it can. Um, in some ways, you do have to give a system time to evolve. Okay. Yeah, some, some jump shipped a little too early. Um, I wouldn't say that business intelligence would help secure your your different tiers of the system but it could certainly help with reporting on this on the security or the data quality mm -hmm. that's going into those different systems um that is something that we also implement in power bi in, um, power bi but in the bi space mm -hmm. is data quality reporting so that there's checks and balances to make sure that this data moved from point A to point B. Um, there's also auditing that we can put in place to ensure that the data has not been um, changed, mm -hmm. altered from one state to the next. Um, working with uh, manufacturers, um, they also uh, are kind of, I wouldn't say new, but maybe they haven't had a whole lot of um, like the regular experience maybe in the regulatory space okay. um, just uh, having worked with HIPAA and um, that regulation for a very long time um, there are very strict rules on how to how do you protect data and so that is something that um, I think can be very valuable kind of lesson to to transfer into the manufacturing and supply chain space uh, just because there are becoming um, a bit more of a some gaps there, it's they're becoming a bit of a more of a target in this space. Oh, that and, that's interesting too, um, because I know we have a lot more regulation coming about um, related to ESG, and I wonder. I would assume then business intelligence could help with that and how it handles the data and provides the reporting that's needed. Yes, absolutely. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, well, um, I, you've kind of made it, I don't want to say simple, but um, I don't know, you kind of, you eased my mind a little bit because, you know, it, it just seems the whole issue of big data and we're relying on more and more data and then with it is there's more and more risk and um, it's nice to know that there are ways for us to kind of hone it all down and keep it more central where uh, many eyes 
can look at the same thing at the same place and get the information they need to drive their business the way they'd like. Yeah, that's great. I am glad that you're getting that out of it because that's that is what we do. And I mean, all of us that work in that data space enjoy it very much and take our jobs very seriously when it comes to protecting and and and, and working with uh, companies' data. Well, thank you, Sasha. Really appreciate all the clarification, and I I think I got it. Um, <laughs> if, <laughs> if if you need more. Um, Sasha, how, how can we get in touch with you? Uh, is there a, a- uh, LinkedIn would okay. probably be the best bet. Um, I can uh, share my information so that you can, sure. you can have that available on LinkedIn. Yeah. I don't have that handy. <laughs> okay. It's, it's Sasha yep. Reisner. Yeah. Yep. R-I-S-N-E-R. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know everyone knows how to do a search on LinkedIn. So there you have it. (laughs) All right. And if you need a podcast replay, I know I I do from time to time. You know where to find it, ismworld.org. And it's where you'll find our library of episodes, blogs, surveys, timely info through CAPS Research, and many more resources to help you help others and grow the profession. As always, we appreciate your listenership and feedback. And until next time, you'll get real stories with real impact always right here, Supply Chain Unfiltered.